You know what I mean. You can feel the excitement, the tension, the charisma that surrounds that stadium every Saturday afternoon, especially, especially 10 to 14 minutes before kickoff when a hush settles over that stadium and we all anxiously wait for that simple forward command to emanate out of the PA system. I can hear it now. Band, take the field. And out of that Eastern Tunnel pour 215 well-drilled, well-disciplined Michigan bandsmen. They pour over the Eastern sideline. They form the big block M. And they play the greatest college fight song ever written, the Michigan Victors. And it runs Howard back up with a little look at that. He runs Woodson all the way back to the 22-yard line. Woodson's got one block. Touchdown! No flag! Here's Henny back to throw. And he looking. And he's firing on a post cut. Edwards has it! 10, 5, touchdown! Well, that's the guy they've been picking on, Jaron Hayes, and Braylon Edwards has his third touchdown grab of the game. He's going to throw for it. He's got to throw it to the end zone. Lobs it up. One-on-one. -on -one. Cut! Michigan touchdown! I can't believe this! Rory Roundtree! No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Welcome to another edition of The Gulo. And now, here are the Larrabee boys, Zach and Kyle. So in 2003, Michigan uh, was, was, was traveling to Minnesota to play uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers back when they played in the same dome, the Metro Dome, that Minnesota Vikings played. And yes, you know the one that collapsed in, I think, 2011 when all the snow fell inside the stadium. They're going there to play. John Navarre was the senior quarterback. And I actually had the pleasure to um, go and watch him when I was in second or third grade. It was my first Michigan game ever. That season, they went and played Minnesota on the road, and they found themselves in a deep hole. They, they dug themselves in a deep grave that didn't really seem possible to get out of. And Michigan uh, was down 28-7 to seven in the fourth quarter. They would come back to tie the game up, and John Navarre actually caught a long touchdown pass. I mean, the dude was six foot five, six foot six, 240-something pounds, bulldozing his way into the end zone. They tie the game up, and then – Michigan's kicker wins the game for us with like 42 seconds left. And we go on to again, claim the little Brown jug for, uh, I think it was the 40th or 42nd straight year that, that, that we did that could be wrong, but um, this, this rivalry that, that they came and that they, they came from behind and they won in this game really extended just a great margin of victory for Michigan over Minnesota. Now, we put the name rivalry in front of this game when sometimes it really doesn't feel like a rivalry because we've won so many games in a row against them up until that point. But the Big Ten, it's still a rivalry because there's a prize that you get from winning those types of games. For Michigan State, it's the Paul Bunyan Trophy where we put the maize and blue helmet on with the maize pants. In this case, we win a trophy called the Little Brown Jug. And uh, uh, this, this trophy or this little brown jug originated in the 1930s when Michigan went on uh, to beat Minnesota in Minnesota and they left and they forgot their water canteen. Now, during this time and age in the, in the, in the 30s, the 1930s, the team would all drink from the same jug and they left it there and they called Minnesota back, um, you know, Great Depression area. You, you don't want to leave anything behind. You're going to make sure you get all of your belongings because you can't really afford, I'm sure, new things. And so they call them and, 
they ask for their jug back. And uh, Minnesota's coach says, if you want it, you have to come win it. And so that's exactly what Michigan did for the, the continuing years. And they started this great rivalry on the jug. You have year after year, the winner of that game written on it. And uh, Michigan has another opportunity to go and take the jug back home to Ann Arbor this Saturday for Michigan's first game in Big Ten opening um, on October 24th. It's been a crazy year. I'm getting juiced up already, man. I can't believe it's finally here after this long wait. But before I get too excited and go off the rails, uh, Kyle, th- this rivalry is, is, is really deep. This rivalry is really deep. And as we welcome our listeners to week three of the Gulo, um, a.k.a. the Wolverine in Latin, uh, we want to welcome our listeners and we want to go a little bit deeper into this Michigan and Minnesota rivalry. So, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit more um, about this rivalry between Michigan and Minnesota? Yeah, sure. Um, so the biggest thing that I want to go over, and I had to look it up because I, I wasn't sure exactly on all the, the history on the little brown jug. I knew a little bit here and there, but um, thanks a lot for all the history you gave us, too, from yeah. the 1930s. I didn't know all that, so that was pretty cool. Um, pretty much uh, Minnesota and Michigan, um, it goes uh, all the way back to the first meeting of October 17th, 1892, and Minnesota ended up stealing that victory, uh, fourteen to six against Michigan. Um, and then ever since that, we've been uh, we've been having a barn burner. Um, <laughs> the longest win streak was uh, Michigan, um, sixteen games in a row from nineteen eighty seven to two thousand four. Uh, the current streak right now, Michigan with two, um, two thousand fifteen to present. Um, Largest victory was Michigan, obviously, (laughs) Uh, 58 to zero in 2011, and uh, a total of 103 meetings. Um, The last meeting was November 4th in 2017 when Michigan beat Minnesota 33 to 10. That's crazy. Yeah, I think I messed up. I think this is Michigan's largest victory. The the years was like 40 something years. That's totally untrue. It, It was 16 years as you had just stated. And, and two of our listeners, Michigan and Minnesota, they, they don't play every single year. It's more of uh, every couple of years because they're on different sides of the conference. Um, and so when you, we, I think they beat us in 2014 or 13 during Michigan's dark ages. It was the game where uh, uh, our, our quarterback, well, I forgot his name, Kyle, number seven, concussion boy. Um, he got a concussion. They put him back in. Shane Morris. Um, they, they put him back in the game against Minnesota. We ended up losing the brown jug for the first time in a long time. And it was uh, just super, super hard. And so, but then we go back in 2015 and this is Harbaugh's first year playing Minnesota. And this is his first year coaching Michigan. We go to Minnesota. We go and I believe it was double overtime. It was a super cold game. Rudock gets hurt. Wilton Spate, your boy comes in, throws a couple touchdown passes and our defense stands off against Minnesota on a fourth and down a fourth. And it was a goal line stand where we ended up beating them. I believe it was like 32 to 29. And uh, we're so thankful to have the little Brown jug back in Ann Arbor. And then we defeated them by a score of like 38 to 10 or 38 to zero or something in 2017. And now we're here. Now we're here in 2020, this great rivalry that has um, continued since it, like you said, 1892, um, we get to go off and we get to face a really good Minnesota team. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous because the stakes are high. This is a road game. It's the opener. It's going to be cold. College game day is going to be there. We're going to get into that in a minute. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited just as I know, I know you are as well. So thank you for, for that history. Um, again, before we go uh, uh, any further, I want to let you guys know again that this episode is brought to you by Nick Reed Media. Thank you so much, Nick Rettenauer, for all of your uh, media and photography giftings that you bless us with, that you're able to um, uh, draw up our logo for us and represent us with your small business. And so if you guys are looking for any of your media needs or photography needs, go ahead to Nick Reed Media and he'll get you set up there. He's a great guy that works for us at the church and God's gifted him greatly. And he uses that um, for great use. And so, but, uh, but Kyle, um, I, w- I want to jump back into football here. Um, big week for us this weekend. And this past weekend was 
super highly celebrated because we had some big college football games, but really we celebrated it because it was the last Saturday we were going to have to miss Michigan football. And so I got super excited. We don't have to miss it anymore. Um, but, uh, but bring us through a little bit about some games that, or bring us through some games that you, um, that, that, that caught your eye, I guess. I know that we had Alabama and Georgia and North Carolina and uh, Florida state bring us through some of those moments with us. I mean, obviously the Alabama Georgia uh, prime time game um, that was that was a really good game. I was, uh, I mean, there was definitely I think some some uh, some referee calls that were I think were bad calls, but I, I think you're throwing it out on Twitter. You're throwing it out on Twitter, pass interference. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, what, what, there was some of the, the the jersey pulling and some of the other stuff where I was just like, ah. Oh. Some of this was it was it was some bad calls, but uh, the North Carolina game I was really on that game. Um, I really thought North Carolina was going to come back and beat Florida State, but uh, just goes to show you the number five team in the the nation really uh, wasn't number five. So I mean, you had a one three Florida State almost manhandle North Carolina the whole game, or the, at least for two quarters. And um, you know, and I put it on Twitter that I, I believe North Carolina was going to adjust at half. Uh, Mac Brown was going to do a good job and they were going to come out of the locker room and, and give it back to Florida state the way they did the first half. But uh, it ended up being more Florida state in the, in the third quarter. And then finally North Carolina started pull, putting it together, but it was just too late. You know, when they got in the fourth quarter and um, um, they just, they just couldn't catch up in time and they ended up losing by, I think it was like a touchdown or a couple um, of points. Yeah. I mean, their, their, their receivers yeah. drop like three straight passes to go into a, yeah, it could, yeah, it was. It was, it was like a fourth down, and they, you know, the quarterback had thrown it. Um, um, they dropped the pass, and yeah, had turnarounds. But yep, so number five team is no longer number five. Um, I don't think Notre Dame should be number four. I think they they barely fit, they barely got past Louisville. I think they're going to get blown out by Clemson, who just put up seventy odd points on. Uh, Georgia Tech, and so they're they they're obviously continuing to prove why they're still the number one team in the land. Um, yeah, that was another game that I watched. I was just like, wow. I really thought Notre Dame was going to lose that game. I just I thought yeah. Louisville was looking pretty good on defense. And, yeah. Um, I just thought I thought uh, Kelly and I thought Notre Dame was going to pull another Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, lose one of those upset games that. Uh, That's right. They ended up beating but, them, and yeah. And two, uh, it wasn't just big, like, obviously it was a big college football weekend in general, but Michigan, even though we didn't play, we, we got some big news going into the weekend. Um, Florida State's commit, uh, their, the top 100 linebacker, um, uh, Jennings, he decommitted from Florida State. He decommitted from Florida State, and he had a couple of um, other places to choose from that were pursuing him. Clemson being the obviously big name that was pursuing him, and so was uh, Miami. Well, he decided to uh, commit to Michigan over those two. And that says a lot from a kid who was down in Florida going to commit to Florida State, bypassing Clemson, bypassing Miami, and going up to Michigan to be able to compete in this great conference and uh, to compete on this, on this awesome, already loaded linebacker room. I mean, this is Michigan's third All-American. All right, let me say that again. Michigan's third All-American in just this class, this 2021 class at linebacker. So we have three All-Americans coming in next year at the linebacker core at a, in, in an already stacked linebacker room. Um, I think it's safe to say that Michigan now is linebacker U. People are using that word, you know, wide receiver U, QBU. Michigan, I believe, is, is linebacker U. They are producing a well, lot this, of good linebackers. And this just goes to show that Michigan slowly, organically, is building yep. a program um, that takes time. It takes time to slowly build a – uh, a good, strong foundation, a good, strong program. It takes time, it takes years and years to build that up usually uh, for most really good coaches. Um, and, and Harbaugh hasn't had a lot of the luck on his side either mm -hmm. in the past few years with some of the games, that, the outcomes, um, but it's happening. It's going to happen. Michigan is going to continue to bring it real in these recruits. Um, I mean, I feel like this week I've been just retweeting every – Michigan um, prospect that we end up getting from other schools. It's just been wild here in the yeah. last week, two weeks, uh, especially in the linebacker group. 
um, because we have been landing. Um, we just got that, um, what was it, uh, uh, number 72, the, uh, um, uh, what was his name again, uh, offensive tackle. Oh, yeah, uh, Willie Allen. He was a LSU commit, and then he went and played for Louisiana Tech. He's a grad transfer who's coming over, and he'll be – he'll be eligible next year to play for us. And he, I mean, he's a huge blindside tackle. I mean, this dude is, he's massive and he's going to just continue to already build upon a, a good growing offensive line. And so, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like you said, I would hundred percent agree with you, dude, that Michigan is just building for the future and they're not building to have one standout year. They're building to consistently be in championship contention every year to consistently, you know, be in the Big Ten championship, go to the college football playoff, have a chance at a national title. And it, it takes time, but Harbaugh is building. He's putting layer upon layer upon layer. And once this thing is built, I don't think you're going to see it crumble down. He's building it for the long run, for the next decade, two decades. And I think, I think you're going to be really excited. Um, I think we're all, I think us Michigan fans, when it pays off, it's going to be very, very sweet. And, um, I'm hey, excited for it. I'm excited. True fans have to suffer. That's right. It's a glory, and it just makes it that it tastes that much better when we do. Yes, but suffering. Yes, we win the Big Ten, and when we do make it to the playoffs, and when we do win it all, and I believe it's it's going to happen. And like you said, it it comes with a price, and we have to suffer as fans. But not only do we have to suffer, the football players have to suffer. On the physical side, but I think more so on the mental side, because as you're preparing for these games, as, as Michigan is preparing for Minnesota, one of the big things that they have to do is go through game film. One of the big things that they have to do is mentally suffer through the coaches' critiques and, and the repetition in the film room and looking it over, looking it over, going back in their dorm rooms, watching the game film, watching their specific position, whatever it is, every little minute detail. That's something that you and I are very familiar with growing up and playing football, playing for one of the, the best programs in the state of Michigan under coach Jack Sugars. We gave him a shout out last week. I'll give him a shout out again this week. Um, man, I, I want you to kind of bring through us. I know we both have stories. We played about four or five years apart um, on varsity, but uh, Stoner, the same coaching staff and uh, the same preparation that went into it. Let's share, share some of our experiences when it came to the mental preparation of getting ready before game, I want you to place yourself. It's it's week one, okay? You're about to start your season off. You're playing a good team. Um, even though we didn't start off in conference play, we usually played like a team that we blew out. Say you're getting ready week one against Ravana, or you're getting ready week one against Whitehall, and you're during this COVID season and you're preparing. What are you doing the week of the game um, as, as, as we're heading into that? What do you remember yeah. from that? I mean, the it, it's crazy because I mean, you, you come from summer camp or in, for for Michigan, it's the fall camp. Um, but you, you're you're going through these two a days or a lot of times these long three four hour practices, and you're um, and then all of a sudden you go to game week, and that first game week, all of a sudden it's completely or not completely different, but it is different because all of a sudden everything's just warp speed. It's fast. You know, mm -hmm. Monday you're doing a lot of game tape and you're sitting down in the locker room and the lights are dimmed down. You have your coaches all pointing out to who you're supposed to be blocking or who, who to target, who to tackle, um, the different formations, schemes, um, offense, defense, all the different, all the players, you know, all players games, where they live, what they eat. I mean, just everything, you know, you're, you're learning, the inside and out of that team that week. And you know, you're doing that. You're, you're studying the film, you're breaking it down. Um, and you're mesmer memorizing everything, every play, every single thing through film, you know? And so film is huge, breaking down the film, learning it. Um, I used to love sitting there in the, in the locker room with the coaches around and then pointing out, that's who you got to block. This is what you got to do. You know, pointing us out in the locker room. Hey, this yep. is the film room. Uh, and it's just you have all that energy, all that excitement, and you're you get the anxiety and a little bit of stress, and just making sure that you do what you're supposed to do for the mm -hmm. team. Um, and so yeah, it's it's the the week leading up to that game, the pregame um, on Thursday nights. You know, for us in high school, is before Friday. But you got the pregame day where you're, you're running through your, uh, you know, through your weekly 
practice progressions and you're kind of finishing up and making sure that you have the, uh, um, the ice on the cake, you know, mm -hmm. and um, just making sure everything's perfect. You're dotting your I's, crossing your T's, um, kind of go, just going through the motions and making sure everything is perfect for Thursday. Um, I'm sure Michigan's doing that on Friday and even Saturday morning still, mm. you know, trying to go through it. And, um, uh, yeah, so it's, there's game, game week is just, it's amazing. You got, for us, we had uh, Thursday night meals where we would have a, uh, a team member uh, would host a, a team meal. We would sit down and as a team and pray and eat food. And um, the host of the parent um, who hosts the, the team meal, um, you know, that they, they choose what to make. Um, mm -hmm. and that was just, it was amazing. We, we remember we had burritos a couple times, and yep. wet burritos. And, um, you'd have 30, 40 people there. You know? yeah, and, a lot of people. And, uh, a lot of people. And you're just, you're having which fun. was that great, was which was great growing up in Michigan because when, when you made dinner in the, in the, in the uh, last parts of the season or in the playoffs, you just stored all those burritos in the garage and they were frozen. And then you just brought them inside and you're, you're able to use your garage as a, as a fridge in, in the North during those times. Cause it stayed so cold out there that you were able to keep your food cold. So I remember when we had team meals and burritos and stuff, we would just keep them out in the garage. They would stay frozen. And then we would just bring them in um, inside and warm them up days after the game. And we just had burritos for like a week. I remember that. that was, yeah. And then, um, uh... Well, then Friday, you have the team meal. Um, yep. You know, usually it's in the early afternoon or, um, you know, the whole team sits down with the, the coaching staff and you guys eat a team meal together. And usually it's a really good pasta, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of carbs, good healthy carbs and good. It's just a good nutritional nutritional dinner. Um, and you'd eat that early enough to let it digest and to really give you the energy that I believe was key to that game night. Um, for some yeah. reason, man, it was just like superfood, you know? Yeah. Superfood. Uh, it was like spinach for Popeye. You know? That's just, right. It was, it was like, it was that nectar that you needed right before the football game. And that's why we were always amazing. Football, yes. You know, now, now bring us right before, now, now bring us to right before the game. So, so we're in there, we're in the locker room, warm ups are done. I know nerves, nerves are pumping. You're, 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 yeah. you're, you're, you're mentally getting prepared, last minute things going through your mind, but really you prepared so well during the week and now you're, you're just ready to go out there and let it, let it loose. You're just ready to go out there and cut it loose and do your job, um, take care of what you have to take care of, but the nerves are still high. You can hear the band playing in, in the background outside the locker room. You can, you can smell the popcorn. You can hear the chatter. You can feel the crispness of the Michigan fall high school football weather. Um, bring us through a little bit what are you going through in those moments before you head out on yeah. the field? I mean, for one, you, can, you almost can hear the locker room wall shaking because, you know, the crowd is just hyped up. The band's playing. So you got, you got all these uh, emotions. Um, now, of course, you want to do good, not only for yourself, but for your team and for your coaching staff and for all the fans and your parents and mm. everybody watching. And, you know, this is going to be on film week for the, the following week. Um, but you know, you know, you've been, you've been trained so well, you know, your coaching staff does such a good job that you know, your scout coordinators, um, our, our scout team coordinator at the time was coach Smith, which he was amazing. Um, but I mean, you just overall, the whole coaching staff does such a good job of getting you prepared. So when it comes up to that moment, right before you're going out there, you don't want to, um, you want to impress, you impress everybody and you don't want to lay anybody down. So sure. I was always nervous. I had a lot of anxiety. I was very nervous and stressed out before football games. And, and I would automatically get sick. Like right mm -hmm. before I'd say five minutes to, to 25 minutes before we go out, I would just get a really bad stomach ache and I would throw up. Mm. I mean, I threw up, I threw up before every football game, <laughs> except for probably like one or two of those games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but um, I would get sick and throw up, man. I mean, especially the rivalry games, you know. If this yeah. was like a Minnesota-Michigan game, you got P.J. Fleck over there, and they're and you're the underdog um, going yeah. in. Yeah, it's it's scary. It's nervous. You're you it's exciting, but you're you're nervous and anxiety. And um, I used to throw up, man. We'd be praying. Whole, everybody in the locker room, we'd, we'd be kneeling down, praying, um, yep. holding holding everybody's hands, and 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 people would just pass me a bucket because they knew I was going to throw up. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, and I couldn't help it. It happened every single game, man. It's just uh, yeah. my nerves were just shot. But then as soon as we got out there and we sing the national anthem and we start, you know, after that first play, it, all those bar, all those butterflies go away, all the nerves go away, and you're just there to play football. And you know you got yeah. this. And, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, uh, just that uh, natural football instincts kick in. Yeah. Um, and you're just having fun. And, 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 and then it's just muscle memory, and you're just doing exactly what you train to do. I think when, when I think of preparing for these big games, I won't go into detail. I think a lot of the things that you shared are the exact same things that I remember going through those weeks and leading up to the game. Um, but, uh, I, I remember specifically one week we were playing Mason County and we just, we just throttled them. It was like 49 to zero or something. But as soon as I got home, as soon as the game was done, the coaches were already handing out game film for Montague because we had Montague the next week. And I remember taking the game film, going home that night, uh, dad was working in Iowa at the time. So I don't think he had made it home yet. And so I went straight home on a Friday night and I just started watching game film. I just started looking at my position. I started looking at Montague. I started looking at what I need to improve on, what they're doing. How can I be the best prepared going into that game? So that way, when I do get nervous, when I do feel like I'm going to get sick heading up to Montague, I know I'm not sick because I'm not confident in what I'm called to do because I know I'm very confident. I'm very well prepared. I'm just nervous because it's a big football game. But as soon as that whistle blows on that first play and you crack the helmet and the ball snap, um, you feel really good and you know that you have prepared better than the man in front of you. And hopefully every single other person on your team is doing the same thing. And so that's right, man. And the thing is too, is you have to, you have to go out there and know you're going to war, man, for your brother, exactly. for, for your, your buddies next to you that you train your butt off on the off season. Um, you know, all your, all year long, you're in the weight room. You're working out, you're sweating, you're, you're going through challenges, you're all this preparation up for this, you know, 60 minute game. Yeah. You know, and, and so, yeah, it, there's a lot going into it leading up to that game, to the, to the kickoff. And, um, but once you're out there and, and you're under the lights and you got yeah. the crowd and um, you can smell those walking tacos and, yep, oh, and they're ready and, to go and chili dogs and the, everybody's got their hot uh, <laughs> hand warmers and everything else, man. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and, and on a big scale, that's what these players are going through. Now, yeah, they're they're heading into a game to where there, there may not be any fans or may only be parents and stuff like that. But this is a big game. And this Michigan football team is is preparing for a big game this Saturday night. Again, it's going to be it's going to college game days heading up there. This is a big game for the first game of the season, mid to late October. We're heading in there. We're rowing our boats up there. College game days rowing their boats up to Minnesota, up to Gopherland, and they're preparing for this 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 big top. I uh, think you can say top twenty game, but really, I feel like it's a top ten matchup because this game is going to really dictate the rest of our season. We need to win this game. We need to win this game. We, we cannot drop the, the, this opener at Minnesota, and so um, we're we're uh, we're transitioning into this week. It's game week. I just can't believe it's already here. I felt like COVID has really messed so much up. But now we're we're here. It's week one for the Big Ten, week one for Michigan. Um, tell us a little bit when when you think of Minnesota, when you think of PJ Fleck, when you think of row the boat, you think of how this there these players are running out there with these golden uh, boat paddles. You know it, it, the, the smell in the air. You smell a little bit of gopher meat, maybe something's cooking. Maybe you've eaten some before. Um, I've, I've heard that you you can tell us where we can get some of that gopher meat from and. Um, I'm, I'm getting excited. So before we jump into the meats of, of game day and what we can expect this Saturday, let's have some fun roasting Minnesota in a good way. Cause we have a lot of respect for PJ Fleck, but uh, I just, I love the whole row the boat thing. I think, it, I think it's fun. I think it's cool, but at the same time, it just, uh, it just, it just cracks a lot of laughs. And so we're all rowing our boats up there getting ready for this game. But I think, I think Minnesota's boat's going to sink. I think it's going to sink harder than the Edmonds Fitzgerald did in Lake Superior in the 1970s. I, think well, it's if it, I mean, if it was me, yeah, I would just, I would love to sink the boat. You know I mean? I would take the <laughs> cannonball and blow it right straight through their boat. <laughs> I mean, uh, if, if anybody knows where to get gopher meat, let me know. Cause I want to smoke some out this come up weekend. Yeah. I want I've to smoke never... it. And then, I can't imagine what gopher would taste like when Becky and I were in Denver, Colorado for a honeymoon. We, 
we went to like an exotic uh animal hot dog place where you we had like moose elk i think we had rattlesnake we had um buffalo or something like that super weird but there was no gopher gopher hot dog so i'm I'm kind of is it chewy do you think is it is it i'm sure it's pretty easy to find man all you gotta do is get some gopher traps set them out in your front yard you know it's yeah it's pretty true i'm sure it tastes good man especially me i can smoke out meat pretty well so yeah yeah i'm all about it so and, and pj flex look pj flex a good coach he is so i do give them respect um we are coming in this game underdogs yep. you know by 2.5 points um i mean he's been a, a, a exciting coach to watch yeah he's got these players hyped up and he's doing a good job coaching them and right now they're trying to row their boat but it's gonna sink because i'm gonna tell you right now michigan's gonna march into minnesota and we're gonna knock their socks off yep i don't think they realize that they're putting their boat in about two feet of water they're not gonna be able to row it anywhere we're just gonna march right in there and we're gonna tip the boat over and i'm uh i'm excited about it but, but again in, in in all seriousness man I, I do respect pj fleck when he was at western michigan and seeing what he did there bringing them to the new year's six bowl and uh, now he's at Minnesota. And just the way that he's rallied those players, people don't expect a Minnesota coach to come in and, and do what he did. So, so there's not as much pressure on him because this is something where nobody expects P.J. Fluck to, to do what he's done in these last couple of years. I'm going to break his paddles, man. That's what I want to do. <laughs> but on Jim Harbaugh's uh, side, there's always pressure because it's Michigan. It's one of the most historic, tradition, college football powers in, in the country. Um, the, the most winningest program, there's a lot of expectations for Michigan to always be a consistently good team and to win these big games on the road. And so there's a lot of pressure on Michigan, not because they seem to be like a, a two-point underdog or whatever. There, there's pressure because even though we are an underdog, people are expecting Michigan to come out on top. Even though they're an underdog, people are not expecting Michigan to lose this game. They're expecting Harbaugh to go in there and to get a big victory. And and it doesn't, it doesn't look right on paper because Harbaugh, I believe, is like two and seven or something like that on the road against top teams in, in, in games that matter as underdogs. And so I think uh, the, the, the biggest game Yeah, especially that, when it comes to us having the game day of the week. Um, yeah, it's I feel, like, I feel like every time Lee Corso puts that helmet on <laughs> – or I just feel like Lee Corso in general, they're just bad luck, man. Like, well, like, Lee Corso, I think Lee Corso has like a vendetta against Michigan or something. He always seems to pick, like he, when we went up to the game day in Ann Arbor a couple years ago against Wisconsin, he picked Wisconsin to win. I, I, I think there's something that he has where he just doesn't pick Michigan, but I enjoy it when he does because we don't have a, a, a real mascot, which Shout out to Murder Wolf, uh, the, the, the unofficial official mascot for, for Michigan. Um, I really want him to be our mascot. Again, we're going to give him another shout out at the end. But we don't have a mascot, so Lee Corso puts on just this gigantic football helmet, and it's just huge, and it's really funny. So I hope he does pick us just for the sake of him now, wearing that I, helmet. I will say, too, the Harbaugh has um, not met the expectations for a lot of Michigan fans in general when it comes to away games. Um, especially as an underdog or, or a top 25 team that we're playing against. Uh, we have, he hasn't met the expectations on the road, um, which I think has been nerve wracking and kind of uh, disappointing in, in many ways to a lot of fans. But, you know, this, the thing is, is Michigan, the Michigan program went from the dark ages and we're slowly creeping out and, Harbaugh has done a wonderful job as a whole getting us out of that hole. And um, I, I think this is going to be a signature win this coming up week with Michigan beating Minnesota. And uh, I think we're going to take their paddles away and row their boat back to the Ann Arbor. I think so too. They're, they're not going to have any paddles. They're just going to be stranded out there. Um, I, I think what it comes down to, obviously, look, we're, we, we are excited to see Joe Millen works I, I hope he comes out and he throws a slant route or something the first play of the game just to get his um uh his confidence level up there to know that he can do that i hope he comes out and and throws the ball around and does these things we we're excited to see joe millen but in all honesty what it's going to come down to is our front seven on defense because they have tanner morgan they have uh uh rashad bateman they call him batman who's a wide receiver 
They have a very veteran offensive line who are all coming back from last year. This is a really good, skilled offense who is used to playing together. And so I, I think the, the, the MVPs of this game, when you look at this Michigan-Minnesota game, it's going to be won and lost, won or lost with our defensive front. I think our defense is seven, and especially our linebacker core, LBU, you know, linebacker U. I think it's really going to come down to them and the way that they uh, put pressure on Tanner Morgan, the way that they um, stay disciplined in their, in their individual responsibilities, and just go out and flat out hit somebody. Don't make any stupid mental mistakes. But when it comes down to it, you're going to see this game won or lost with our front um, seven on defense. Well, yeah, I think you hit right there. I think the rush is going to beat this team. Um, I think the front, the front, the defensive line and our linebacker core is going to, is going to, it's going to make us or break us. And I think they're going to end up making us. I think they're going to sink the boat. And I think, um, you know, with, with a linebacker coach, um, Gene Mary, Brian Gene Mary, I think he's been doing a great job. Um, and uh, I think having Cam McGrone back there as the uh, defensive quarterback and <clears throat> with Ross back there. And um, I just think we got a great linebacker core and our defensive line is, is outstanding. I mean, mm -hmm. you're looking at a defensive line that I think is, is better than any other defensive line in the uh, Big Ten. And that just means I'm, I'm – yeah, I might be a little confident, yeah. I think we're I think we're going to be amazing on defense, and I think that's going to show up. I think the rush is is going to end up being what beats Minnesota. Um, I think we're going to put a lot of pressure on this uh, junior Minnesota junior offensive line, and I think we're going to put a lot of pressure on their wide receivers with Rashad Bateman and uh, um, Tanner Morgan and. Um, and they got uh, Autumn Bell, too, as a wide receiver to yeah. work out for. But I think, I think we're going to do a good job, man. I really do. Yeah. Um, again, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Right now, it's more the buildup. We have a lot of weekly duties with, you know, our jobs and things like that. But once Thursday or Friday rolls around, we're going to start really kind of – I feel like I get kind of sick just as the Michigan football players do because I understand what they're going through, you know, and they're going through at a – at a more intense level at the college level in football. And so, but come Thursday or Friday night, man, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be pretty excited, but at the same time, I'm going to be nervous. And I think I'm going to be nervous because Saturday, the game doesn't start until seven 30. It's primetime game. And so we're going to be really waiting the anticipation of it. But I, I really do believe that Jim Harbaugh is building this thing well, and we're going to see Michigan come out and just put on a, a really good game. Now, obviously there's going to be things taken away to where it's like, Look, we got to improve on this new quarterback, new, a couple new players, first game, COVID, all these things. You saw the effect of it um, throughout the league. I mean, SEC looks their, – their defenses are just awful. They, 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 they look like Big 12 defenses. And so I think going into this, we have to expect not everything to be perfect, but I do expect to see a solid performance, and I do expect Michigan to come out on top in this. I, I really do think it's going to happen. Well, and the thing is, too, is I, I truly believe that – I think the first quarter in general, I'm expecting to see errors and I'm expecting to see butterflies and nervousness and, and just, you know, that first quarter, first game type of uh, play, probably even the second quarter. I, I expect yeah. it to be a little slow and to, and especially with our bodies, a little bit more conservative at first anyways. Um, now we know Josh Gaddis likes to, to rock and roll, you know, yeah. so speed in space all the way. So I'm expecting to see, um, something I'm actually I'm expecting to be surprised. Okay, yeah. I'm expecting to see something from Joe Milton that we have never seen yet in the Harbaugh era. Yep. This is his first true recruit that he's bringing in as a quarterback. Um, I expect big things for this man and um, this gentleman, and he's uh, I I I. I want to be surprised when I watch this game. I want to see something big happen, uh, at yeah. least by the second quarter, from from Joe Milton, um, from the offense in general. I want to see these uh, – we got a really good wide receiver core, and I've heard yeah. some pretty big developments on the wide receivers that they're just really jiving and, and coming together. Um, I, I heard with Ed Warner that our offensive line is really grooving and, and starting to um, – Starting to starting to look really good. Uh, Ryan Hayes yeah. is really standing out. And best I artist. I think the biggest really thing too is we 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 just 
we can't get down quick. It can't be a Penn State type game on the road to where we go in there, we get down 21 to three or something where we're trying to dig ourselves out of a hole. It can't we're be that type of game. We, we, we have to go in there. We have to um, really show our strength on the defensive front, um, dictate the line of scrimmage, own that part of the field. And, you know, if we get it out kind of slow, as long as we, we're not giving up big plays, as long as we're not giving up big plays and it's starting off slow to where both teams are kind of getting their footing in, um, I think I think I think Michigan's going to be just fine. Well, so I, I think these boys are hungry. I yep. think they're hungry for smoke to go for. Um, I, I agree. And and I believe they got traps set up everywhere around that football field. Then they're going to yep. find it. They're going to find the gopher. They're going to eat it. They're going to share. We're going to feast. That's right. Um, I think I think Quiddy Pay is ready. I mean, he wants a ring, man. These guys want rings. Yeah, it's going to. I think they're hungry, and I think it's different because Joe Milton's hungry. He has, yep. when he walked in as a freshman, he was hungry. He said, mm-hmm. put me in. He wants a ring. <laughs> These boys want a ring. And that reminds me of back in 2005 when Oak Ridge went and got a state championship. That's right. Um, and, 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 uh, and those boys were huge. Our seniors yeah. and juniors were just there. Now they were, they were big, but they were, they were hungry. And yeah. they knew right off the bat, they had the confidence. We are going to go. We want a state championship. We're going to go get it. That's right. And they said that every day. We're going to go get a state championship. Yeah, we're, we're state champions. We're going to go do it. We want it. We're hungry. We want that ring, and we're going to go do it. And, then, and they set out, and they went and did it. That's right. And the same thing with uh, with I, the same trend I'm seeing with Michigan. These boys yeah. are hungry. They want they want Big Ten Conference. They want to beat Ohio State. They want to make it to the playoffs, and they want a national championship. That's what they want. Yeah. And then people from even in the inside as Michigan fans, you know, they're like, whoa, okay, okay. Stop drinking the <laughs> Kool-Aid there, big dog. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, since I, we're I drinking that. it, since we're drinking the Kool-Aid here, we're, we're going to give, we're going to give our predictions. We're going to give a couple predictions here. We're going to give our predictions for this game. Our blue brought to you by blue Michigan Kool-Aid. Shout out to blue Michigan Kool-Aid. We're going to give our predictions for this game. And then we're going to get kind of crazy. And we're going to give our predictions for the season. All right, so we're going to make some bold predictions. Uh, let's, let's take the next 30 seconds or so to do that. I'm, I'll get my prediction first, and then you can go ahead and get ready and give your prediction for this coming up game and season. I, I think Michigan, I think it's going to look a lot like Michigan did against Wisconsin a couple years ago in Ann Arbor when game day came. I think it's going to start off a little slow, but I think Michigan's going to um, play really solid defense. Joe Millen's going to get into his groove. And I think our running game is really going to explode on offense. I think we're going to take a lot of uh, time away off the clock. I think we're going to play great offense on the running side of the ball. I think Joe Millen's going to um, make some big plays to the air, but I think it's going to really be owned in the in-depth running back group that we have. The defensive front is going to, again, they're going to be the MVPs of the game of why we win this game. I say Michigan's going to come out with a huge win. We're going to win 38 to 21. I think Michigan's going to come out and make a statement right away, 38-31. You heard it here first. I, I, I think Michigan's going to come out and win this game big like that. I think it might be slower, but once the mid-third quarter to fourth quarter hits, we're going to put up some points and we're going to run away with it. It's going to be 38-31. And for the whole season, I'm going to say this right now. It's 2020. A bunch of crazy things are happening. I think Michigan is a quarterback away and uh, mental airs away from uh, – or a lack of – from beating Ohio State. We will go eight and zero, and we're going to win a Big Ten championship and get into the college football playoff this year. So, I put it out right there first. So, for all of you Buckeyes out there, it's happening. We're going eight and zero. We're beating you. We're going to the Big Ten championship, and we're going to make it to the college football playoff. And so, Whoa. the record's going to go from fifty eight, fifty one and six is the overall record to fifty nine, fifty one and six. And so, that's my uh, that's my overall prediction, Kyle. What what do you oh, have? Man. Oh, wait, Tom, you were drinking that Kool-Aid way too strong, bro. You were putting a lot of sugar in there, man. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, man, that is going to get so many Twitter emojis. I mean, you're going to have every Ohio State fan laughing at you and crying, man. That's, yep. I mean, I mean, how can anybody take you serious? You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously. This is, look. Me personally, and we already know Lee Corso, he's going to turn around and he's going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota, you know what I mean? <laughs> he will. A lot of people on Twitter, they're saying Michigan, you know, might beat them by three points. Michigan might beat them by a touchdown. We're talking – a lot of people I've seen on Twitter, on my Twitter feed, uh, 
31-24, or 24 yeah. low scores, 24-21, or uh, Minnesota beating Michigan. And that's what probably the most responsible, more realistic person would say. But here at the Gulo, that's just not going to happen because we're true blue Michigan fans. What, what is the Kool-Aid telling you? My prediction, man. Oh. My prediction. <laughs> you don't got nothing on this week, Corso. This is the true right here, big dog. <laughs> My prediction is Michigan 45-24. That's right, man. I hey, love hey. it, dude. We're gonna roll. That <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna roll the boat, man. Hey, we're pirates, man. We're gonna take that boat from them. We're, we're gonna yep. get back to Ann Arbor. Get back you know to Ann Arbor with the with a big victory. <laughs> no, no. That's right, big dog. <laughs> True blue, baby. Oh man, I love it. The towel from the yep. Michigan Wisconsin hey. game. Oh yeah, we'll we'll, tr- we'll be trolling them. We'll be trolling. Yeah, the towel from Wisconsin. We'll be singing "Jump Around." That's right. All right, what's your prediction for the season before we jump into it? Because this could be really good or really bad. If we lose this game, then both of our, you know, at least my prediction is bad. But if we win it, we're still good. So, so, so what's your prediction for the season? Well, I, everybody's probably, a lot of people have probably seen my pinned tweet. Um, I pinned my tweet of my predictions for the whole year. Yeah. And yeah, me and you are both out there, man. We're just, we, we do this every year to ourselves. We shoot ourselves right. in the foot and we end up, you know, so nobody listened to our predictions because most of the time, 99.9% of the time, we're wrong. But except this year, our, except for this year, because we're delusional fans, man. We believe as brainwashed Michigan fans that we're going to go eight and oh. That's right. My prediction, baby. Eight and I, predict, no. I predict eight and oh. Um, I have a Twitter uh, – I got my Twitter uh, notes right here put up to the screen. That's right. But pretty much, um, if you want to go onto my Twitter and you can see my pinned tweet, you can. Um, yeah. uh, Kyle Larrabee underscore – or Larrabee Kyle underscore. Um, but pretty much I have Minnesota. Michigan's going to beat Minnesota on the rush. We're going to win by our rush defense. Yep. Uh, Michigan State, Michigan State coaching staff can't beat Michigan staff. So, pretty much we're going to beat Michigan State with our coaching staff. Yeah. That's just going to happen. And then Indiana, a lot of people think Indiana is going to be a, uh, a, sneak, a sneak game, that Indiana is going to end up beating Michigan for the first time. Um, I believe, I mean, who's your daddy? I believe that uh, Michigan is <laughs> going to keep that streak alive since 1987. That's I right. think we're going to end up beating Indiana. I just do. We're going to beat Indiana. Come on now. Um, Wisconsin, I think Milton's going to destroy the linebackers there. I see it. I think yeah. he's going to pick them apart. That's going to be the, the game that Milton really comes out, and he just shows everybody why he deserves the Heisman. Mm. Um, Heisman. I think... <laughs> I'm drinking that Kool-Aid, Bo. Man. All right. So... Um, Rutgers, I mean, lo- where are they located? <laughs> Where are the Rutgers located, man? Penn State, I think Cam McGrown um, is going to ruin Sean Clifford. Yeah. I think he's going to make him his little, his little baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think he's going to um, – Sean Clifford's going to be crying after the game after Cam McGrown's done. That's right. Um, and then I think the running backs with uh, Maryland, I think our running backs are just going to eat them up alive. Mm. You know, they're going to take them out for lunch and take their, their lunch money as they take them out to lunch. And That's right eat all their food and um, eat turtle meat while they're out there against Maryland's. And, yep. uh, so, and then Ohio State, I think Michigan's defense is going to contain Ohio State below 31 points for the first time. And, God, who knows? Um, I think Don Brown's going to be lifted up on his on all the Michigan shoulders as they rush out of Ohio State Stadium yep. and uh, praising Don Brown. And Harbaugh's going to be lifted up on his yep. shoulders, on all the Michigan shoulders. I think we're all going to be – um, jumping up and down to the jump, jump up around song. That's oh, right. I mean, man. I, I think, you know what? I think Michigan fans are going to tear down Ohio State's field goal post this year. Oh, man, that would be nuts. That's how bad it's going to be. I think we're going to end up beating Ohio State. We're going to keep them below 31 points. Joe Milton's going to have a standout game. I think our defense is going to be on point, and I just think we're going to we're gonna pull it out. 
So I think hey. we're going to go eight and zero. We're going to go win the Big Ten Conference and make it in the playoffs. That's right. And heck, you know, while you're in the playoffs, you might as well go get a natty. Might as well go get it. Let's take one step at a time. Right now, we're saying, look, eight and zero. We're going to beat Minnesota this weekend. Eight and zero. We're going to the Big Ten Championship. We'll make more bold predictions as we continue to see our dreams become a reality and our predictions become a reality. Um, but again, Kyle, as, as we close out here, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited to share this moment with you, with our family, with all of our Michigan uh, brothers and sisters over social media and uh, even in person. I'm just, I'm, I'm super stoked. I'm glad that the season is able to happen for us, but more so for the players that they get to enjoy this time together in this season of life as they're, as they're playing football and as they go to set out for a, a Big Ten championship and a big win, a Big Ten win against Minnesota this week. And so well, um, and, I'm, and this week coming up is my 10-year anniversary with my beautiful wife, Tiffany. So we'll shout be – Shout out uh, to you guys in marriage. Yes, we will be out dating and having fun in, um, in Charleston and Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And right. Then I will be going to a hotel where I'll be watching the Michigan game in my white robe. <laughs> oh, nice. And my Michigan moment. I love it. Yep. Love so, it. yeah, man, it's, I, I can't wait. We're going to eat over at uh, the home team grill with the awesome. chicken wings and all the – yeah, so I'm going to be looking for gopher meat too. Though, That's right. So. Man, <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited for this big game on, on Saturday and – Again, before we head out, um, we have a couple of moments for, for some pets that mean a lot to us that we're going to give shout-outs to them as we enter into this big first week of football. And so, again, the first one is Corky, our Cocker Spaniel dog, is our childhood dog, our first dog. He died. Um, Kyle, let's go ahead and give a moment of silence for Corky. And moving on to our dog, uh, Suds, who's a Bichon. He lived for 16 to 17 years, lost a bunch of teeth. Uh, he's a great friend, though. He just continue to grow stronger and stronger as the years go on. Uh, may he rest in peace. Kyle, let's give a moment of silence for Suds. And last but not least, our miniature collie, Mia, our dog who never ran out of the yard. But when she did, we made sure she never did again. She was just a fantastic dog, a great childhood dog for all the neighbors. And uh, she sadly died after... She ate two uh, many pieces of Little Caesars one night, and uh, she passed away. And so, uh, and actually, right here again, almost forgot her. Can't forget her, her pitcher, Mia Larrabee. So, Kyle, let's go ahead and have a moment of silence for her. And also, too, we want to lift up the Murder Wolf, a.k.a. the official, unofficial hashtag mascot for Michigan um, again, we're going to keep advocating for you. We're going to continue to put you on our show. We want you to be on the sidelines, rooting you on. We love you. And uh, last but not least, for all of you Buckeye fans out there, brought to you by the Gulu, the Gulo, 58, 51, and 6. That's the overall record. And this year it's going to be 59, 51, and 6. Don't and so, forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Can't forget it. But next week, when we talk to you guys, when we come to you guys, as we're 1-0 after we have a sweet, sweet victory over Minnesota. Um, remember all these predictions, and we can't wait to see you guys next week before we bring home or after we bring home the Little Brown Jug and as we go to keep Paul Bunyan home after we beat Michigan State. And so go Blue, go Gulo, and we'll see you guys next week.